since she knew no man. The angel didn't really go into much detail, but what the angel did say was, nothing is impossible with God. Say that with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Now, thank you for saying it with me. Now, say it if you believe it. And, <laughs> well, yeah. You, you might have gone through some things this year. You might be having impossible situations going on right now. Impossible family situations. It could be impossible financial situations they might see. You know, maybe impossible health situations. This has been crazy. I, I you know, I, I will be having our memorial service next month, and I was going through all the lost loved ones of this past year. Man, you know, I've told my wife, uh, I'm really tired of burying people. There's been so much grief, and that grief is played over and over especially in reminders and times like this and special holidays. And it, it just, it becomes almost overwhelming. But in all of that, let me declare to you this morning again, nothing is impossible with God. Can you say amen? I go back and I look at, at Scripture and I think about Joseph, who's espoused to Mary. And you know, he did the best with what he had and, and what he knew. You remember he was going to quietly behind the scenes kind of thing uh, divorce her. That's the lineup that they would have in the kind of arrangement engaging wise that they had or that existed in that time. So uh, again he's, he's looking behind the scenes as what he's going to do, how he's going to divorce her so that she could go on with her life and he could go on with his, and everybody be happy. He was, he was doing the best he could do with what he had and with what he knew. Now, I start that out because that's all any of us can do. And all any of us can do over these days that we walk in and go through is doing the best that we can with what we have and with what we know. But if you really do that with a heart that is to honor God, if, if you're doing the wrong thing even, because sometimes out of a right heart we do the wrong thing, yes, because I know as well as you that God has a way of correcting us, just like he did with Joseph, the angel showing him, hey, Jehovah. Mary's not lying. That which is in her is of the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid to take her as your wife. God is going to do the same thing to us believers during this Christmas season. And, 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 and I say that because it's huge to know and to rest in that God is with us every step of the way. Th take a look at, at, at the... The shepherds, again, in, in verses 2 and 13 and 14 there in your notes, it says, Suddenly there was with the, name, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
you know, these are just downright good old boys. They're out in the fields. They're rural. They're, they're, there is, there is I'm, I'm trying to be nice here, but they're as rustic as you're going to get. They're used to staying out there day and night in the fields, doing their thing, watching the sheep, and, and, and they're, they're out there doing the right thing. How many know that sometimes destiny does not rise out of the huge things or the big things or the great things? Destiny almost always rises out of the small things of daily faithfulness. Oh, yes, it does. Destiny arises not out of the big things that we're trying to accomplish or do, or set, but out of the small things of daily faithfulness. That's why we should never, ever grow weary of doing good things. For in due season, what? Just like the shepherds, we will reap if we do not lose heart. Sometimes that can be a hard thing. Sometimes we run into things, things happen. Sometimes that wall is so hard, and, and it's just like you get tired of trying to work things through, to make things happen. But remember, suddenly the angels come and they announce to the shepherd. And the message here is, just keep doing the right thing. Just keep doing the right thing. Many, many, many times it's not going to seem like it's paying off, like, like anything's working. But I'm here to say to you again, keep doing right the right thing. Thing anyways it's not about what we see we don't walk by sight we walk by faith because somewhere I believe someplace somehow and I believe probably when you least expect it your suddenly is going to happen all of a sudden there's a breakthrough where you never saw it coming all of a sudden there's like this huge shift that takes place because God is still God and he's the God of shifts. Hmm. So, you know, don't let us grow weary in well-doing. In, in the case of the shepherds, I mean, boom, you've got good news of great joy. Everyone say that phrase, great joy. Try one, turn to your neighbor and tell them, great joy. Not sure if they believed you. But the Greek word for great joy there is the word that we would know as mega. So this wasn't just joy. It was a mega joy. Hello? And, and trust me when I say this, joy is not a mood. It's a muscle. <laughs> You know what I want to say. Turn to your neighbor and say, show me your muscle. Now, talking about the joy here, friend, it's a, it's a muscle. So muscles are something you can work with, which is why I have, you know, this kind of. But it's something you can work with. And, and, and the point of that is it can be worked on this Christmas, that muscle of joy when things aren't together, aren't going the way you might have planned. 
You want to know what one of the hardest things for me to, to, to realize at Christmas? It's the fact that Christmas amplifies the state that defines so many people. When people are going through loss, that loss is amplified. When people are going through financial difficulty, that financial difficulty is, is amplified. When you're going through sickness, even the emotion that comes with sickness is amplified. I'm, I'm just been thinking about my mom and dad here lately, and they passed away a number of years ago, but there's some things that are happening that cause that emotion to amplify. And, and it's just something that takes place at this period of time that we walk through. A lot of people try to fill it in with so many things to try to deal with that emotion and they get so built up and Christmas comes and boom, it's gone or whatever, and it gets so let down. That's why one of our country's highest suicide rates is within this holiday period. Friend, let me, let me just, just say, you know, nothing is impossible with God. Now, now take a look at the wise men. These, these were not astrologers, okay? They, they were astronomers. There's a big difference there. And notice in the Bible, it, it didn't take them, that, that star that appeared, it didn't take them to Jesus. This so-called star, because I, I don't believe it was a star like a planet or something like that. I believe it was the glory of God that showed up in the sky. And, and that, 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 that glory, do you realize, did not lead them to Jesus. It led them to Jerusalem into Herod's house. And Herod was out to kill Christmas. Now, it, it led them, what it did is it led them to the enemy of Jesus. <laughs> the glory led them to the enemy of Jesus. Something's wrong there, right? And it's interesting because you watch what unfolds, and that is that Herod had to ask where Messiah was going to be born. Guess who he asked for the information? Bible scholars. Thank you very much. I mean, the Bible scholar said he'll be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And, and when the wise men then take off from there and the light focused, I mean, it just showed back up again and it led them right to that house. And when they got to him, they fell and they worshipped him. Well, what I'm trying to say is that what the wise men did what they really did do right, and, and it's what every one of us can do, is they followed the light that they had. Can I say that again? They followed the light that they had. Hmm. They could have done a lot of things. I mean, think it through a second. I mean, concerning that, that, that star in the east, they saw the glory of God appear that they could have taken a look at it and said, yeah, that's nice. Look at that pretty thing up there in the sky. I mean, they could have discussed it. Well, where do you think it's from? What do you think happened here? What, what, what is it? You think it's, do you think we're being invaded by aliens? I mean, 
They could have said, well, you know, let's, let's read some more research on it. What do we think it is? Or maybe even written about it themselves. But they actually did something with it. They followed the light that they had. Say that with me. They followed the light that they had. Now, again, let me say that is all any of us can do. We can follow whatever light that we have right now. I have, I have found that if I follow what I have now, God is always faithful to reveal even more as I take those steps. But I start with what I have rather than waiting for what I don't have, which is what a lot of people do. You know, I, I have a tendency to get up early in the morning. I don't know if it's early to you, but I'm, I'm an early riser because I like my private time. I like my study time. I like my personal time with God. I like to, <laughs> I like to go out to the garage with my, head, my, my earbuds in and, and turn on my music, and I can sing out in the garage and not bother anybody inside. I'll try that sometime. Then you pull them out, and you hear the dogs in the neighborhood going, Arr! But when I get up that early, it's extremely dark. And, you know, it's hard to get changed and dressed in the dark like that. So what I do is I, I take my phone, you know, and, and, I, and, and, I, and I just, oh, I'm, I'm getting it. I, I get my phone, and I, and I open it up, and, and I press that light with that pretty woman on, on the picture there, and, and it, it serves my light so I can see. But you see, I can only see so far with that light. I can't see over there. I can only see right here. But what's interesting is that with every step, it went out, with every step I take, the light goes further then. It reveals even more then. And so I'm able to take step after step after step using the light on my phone to know what's in front of me. If, if I take one step further, the light takes one more step further. I, I don't know why God doesn't show us everything all at one time. Maybe it, it might scare us too much. But what I have found is that he gives it to me one step at a time. All we can do is what we can do with the light that we have right now. Can anyone say amen to that? I've, I've, I've shared this part, this, this story before, which is the little drummer boy. Come, they told me, pa-ra-ba-bum-bum, a newborn king to see, pa-ra-ba-bum. I, I really, that song annoys the tar out of me. I like the story of the little drummer boy for Christmas, as far as that's concerned, because he gets invited to go, right? And everyone's bringing gifts and so forth. Gifts that are fit for a king, but he, he doesn't have anything. In fact, he goes... I am a poor boy, pa-ra-pa-pum-pum. I have no gift to being pa-ra-pa-pum-pum, pa-ra-pum-pum, pa-ra-pum-pum. But he brings what he does have. 
He says, I play the drums for him. Pa-ra-ba-pum-pum. I play my best for him. Pa-ra-ba-pum. And, and then the song closes with, then he smiled at me. And that's how the song ends, except for pa-ra-ba-pum-pum. Pa-ba-pum-pum. Pa-ba-pum-pum. I, I don't mm -hmm. It's like one of the kids going, Mommy, 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 Mommy. You know what I mean? That's just, mm -hmm, you love the kid. But I don't know how else I can say this to you, but some of you may be in for the biggest blessing that you have ever had in a season, and you would never guess because one of the silver linings during tough times is they can force us to realize what this is all about. Why did Jesus smile at you? That's the question. Do you have anything to bring him? You just play the drum the best that you can. Uh, some of you may not be able to do as well as you have done, let's say, in the past for your children and family this year. I heard on the news the other day that the people are spending $3,500 more this year just to equal what they got last year or spent last, or purchased last year. $3,500 more. That's nuts. And, and, and then if you, but, but, I'm, I just, but can I just say this? If you just bring them the best you can, they're going to remember that. What I'm saying is, do the best with what you have, with what you know. Follow the light that you do have. Can someone say amen? There's enough stuff out there that's trying to kill Christmas. That's Herod. And you know the question I have, and that is why is it that so many people out there are so disturbed by Christmas? It seems that the, the more secular our culture becomes, it's not just that we don't want Christmas. It's like the country wants out of Christmas. I get tired of people saying, Happy Holidays. Oh, please. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you know me, that's what I say all year long. I get to this time of year and I usually tell people have a great 4th of July because it doesn't carry the meaning that it catches them with when you're in May or June and you say, hey, Merry Christmas. <laughs> but it sticks. My whole point is that this culture that we have, this spirit, if you will, is out to kill the true meaning and reason that we celebrate. Look, I believe that there's a Herod spirit out there. That's just what I believe. But let me tell you, Herod cannot kill your Christmas. And, and, and he tried to stop Jesus, but he couldn't do it. You know what's interesting is, is that out of the four Gospels, only two of them mention the Christmas details. For example, Matthew mentions the wise men. 
If it wasn't for Matthew, we wouldn't even know about the wise men. Only Luke talks about the shepherds. If it wasn't for Luke, we wouldn't even know about the shepherds. You have to put the two of them together in order to get all the details of Christmas. Mark has no Christmas details. He opens up with the baptism of Jesus and skips over the childhood. And John gets very, you know, philosophical. John doesn't have any Christmas details. He begins with the light. And I love what he does here. Take a look. I'm giving it to you from the message. It says, what came into existence was life. And the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness couldn't put it out. I love that. Let, let, me, let me just say, you have a victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. I love what Romans 8 talks about. In, in, in fact, uh, take a look at it. It says this. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or peril, <coughs> excuse me, or sword. Hmm. Go to the next verse. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be, ever, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Do you realize that's a toward us? I love that, that commercial that's out there. I think it's about Jeep that showed you the flag as if it's backwards, which means it's flying because you're going forward. That's what I believe this is all about. The love of God is all about going forward in that way. I, I want you to understand that all I was talking about was all these different things. Go back to, to that, that, if you can, to that, that uh, verse 8. What? No, um, 38, 35. Who shall separate the Tribulation. All these problems. All these things that are trying to hold you back to destroy your Christmas, which is nothing less and nothing more than the love of God that's been brought to us in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in verse 39. Take a look at it one more time. It says, it says, the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I, I, I love what it says, because the truth of the matter is, if you go on, just a little bit more. I want you, I want you to see this in, in, in the next verse there, if you would. You don't have a next verse? Hmm. How many know that we are more than what? Through him who has loved us. We are more than conquerors through him that has loved us loved us we are more than more than we are hyper that's what the word more than you know it'd be one thing to be a conqueror go ahead and turn to your neighbor let him know i'm a conqueror i conquer 
Yeah, you've been conquered a few times yourself, too. But the truth is, it says we are more than. That word more than is where we get our word hyper. We are hyper. You know what I mean when I you know, talk about kids that are hyper or adults that are hyper? And, and, and the whole point is, you know, it's just bing, 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 bing. Well, that's what happens when you and I are more than conquerors through Christ who has loved us. The reality is that more than, it's, me, it's that we are more than, we are hyper. We go from one thing to another, conquering, 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 conquering. How? Through Christ who has loved us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's why I love the way that the Father looks at Christmas in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You're talking about the only genetically connected Son of God. It, 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 I'm not going to get into all the Greek stuff with it right there, but basically we're talking about amanogenesis, uh, uh, and that's the, the one gene, the, the one thing, the one and only begotten Son. But the thing I want to point out there is that, is that, 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 that phrase that says, whoever, whoever, that's a choice. That's a choice. Take, take, take a look at verse 17. It says, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Ready for a good question? Why does a good God send anyone to hell? Well, if you understand your Bible, he doesn't send anybody to hell. Our choices do. And whoever believes is all about a choice. If you want to live forever separated, fine. But he comes to offer you salvation, not to send you somewhere. He comes to deliver you from the place that you're in. Well, look at verse 19. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds we're evil. No, 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 that's not some murderer or axe thrower or something like that. E evil is just the reality, the, the symptom of being separated from God. You say, well, you know, I, I do things. I'm, I'm a good person. I do the right things. And No, friend, morality was what was left after the fall of man. Man still knew what was right and what was wrong. This is a totally different ball game that we're talking about. And, 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 and that is one of the saddest commentaries to me in the Bible, that man loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. God did everything he could to help. And they didn't want that kind of help. Because they loved darkness more than light because their deeds were evil. You've got to remember, and that's what this time of year is to remind us of, and, and that is that God is love. It's all about love. For God so loved the world 
that he, be, that he gave his only begotten son. There's a story that I couldn't get out of my mind. It's one that I've shared before, but one that continually reminds me. Let me share it with you in closing here this morning. Closing, Pastor? Are you sure? Yeah. Just because I said it doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> but there was a wealthy man and his son who loved to collect rare works of art. They had everything in their collection, from Picasso to Raphael. They, 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 they would often, as father and son, sit together and admire the great works of art that were around them. When, when the Vietnam conflict broke out, the son went to war. The son was very courageous, and actually he died in battle by rescuing another soldier. The father was notified, and, and the father grieved deeply for his son. About a month later, just before Christmas, there was a knock at the door. The young man stood at the door with a large package in his hands. He said, sir, you don't know me, but I am the soldier whom your son gave his life for. He saved many lives that day, and, and he was carrying me to safety when a bullet struck him in the heart, and he died instantly. He often talked about you, sir, and, and, and your love for art. So the young man held out the package. He said, I know, I know, I know this isn't much. I'm, I'm not really a great artist, but I think your son would have wanted you to have this. And so the father opened the package. It was, pro, uh, it was a, a portrait of his son. It had been painted by that young man. And the, and the father just, he just stared in awe at the way the soldier had captured captured the personality of his son in the painting. Father was so drawn to the eyes that his own eyes welled up with tears. He thanked the young man. He actually offered to pay him for the picture, but the guy said, no, 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 sir. I would never, I could never repay what your son did for me. It's a gift. The father hung that portrait over the mantel. And every time anybody came to visit at his home. He took them to see that portrait of his son before he showed him any other of the great works that he had collected. The man, the father, died a few months later. As a result, there was supposed to be this great auction that was going to take place. You had all these influential people that have gathered. They're excited, man. There's, they're they're going to see the great paintings that have this huge opportunity to purchase one for their collection. And there on the platform, the one picture sat there, which was the painting of his son. The auctioneer, boom, pounded his gravel, gavel. He says, okay, we're going to start the bidding with this picture of the son. Who will bid for this picture? Silence. Then a voice came back from back of the room and shouted, We want to see the famous painting. Skip this one. But the auctioneer persisted. He said, Will somebody bid for this painting? Well, somebody start the bidding at $100, $200. Another voice was angry. 
We didn't come to see this painting. We came to see the Van Goghs, the Rembrandts. Get on with the real bids. And still the auctioneer continued, the sun, the sun. Who, who's gonna take the sun? Finally, a voice came from the very back of the room. It, it, it was the longtime gardener of the man and the sun. I'll, I'll give $10 for the painting. It was a poor man. He really couldn't afford anything. Auctioneer, we have $10. Who bid 20? Ah, give it to him for 10. Let's see the masterpieces. 10 is the bid. The bid. Won't, won't someone bid 20? The crowd is getting really angry. They didn't want the picture of the sun. They wanted the more worthy investments for their collection. The auctioneer pounded the gravel. Going once, going twice, <laughs> sold for $10. The man who was sitting in the second pew shouted out, now let's get on with the real collection. The auctioneer took his gavel, laid it down and said, I'm sorry, the auction's over. What about the paintings? He said, I'm sorry. He said, I'm sorry. When I was called to conduct this auction, I was told of a secret stipulation in the will. I was not allowed to reveal the stipulation until this time. Only the painting of the sun would be auctioned. Whoever bought that painting would inherit the entire estate. That included the paintings. The man who took the sun gets everything. The sun. The sun. We'll take the sun. Whoever takes the sun again gets everything. I, I used to think I needed peace in my life, whatever that, that is. I mean, is it a feeling? Is it a real thing out there? The older I get, the more I realize that peace is Jesus. I need more love in my life. Well, is it romance? Is it just this ooey-gooey Healing with birdie twitty ring in the background kind of thing. It, it, you know, it, it may be all of that, but honestly, I discovered in my life that it's Jesus. He is love. We go, joy. What's going to bring me joy in my life? That car. That Xbox. Yeah. That new phone. That man, <laughs> no. We think this or that. Or maybe the pursuit of happiness, whatever that might be, huh? In my life, I have found out that it's Jesus. Which clicks for me when I think about what the Lord said. And 
no wonder he said it. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. The ultimate message of Christmas is in that little story. Whoever gets the Son gets everything. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Ecclesiastes says, God has put eternity in the hearts of every single one of us. And nothing, friend, will fill that except for the Son of God, who is Jesus Christ, who brings us back into that relationship, that completeness for which you and I were created. We reach a point where we're confronted by the Holy Spirit to make that decision. Where we either say yes to Him or we say no. Where He begins to deal with our hearts because we've just sort of taken Him and, and He's been a part of our lives like a, you know, getting out a pair of socks in the morning or something to put on. And we just, you know, He's part of things. He's not everything. We evaluate our lives and we think about how much of a mess we've made up our lives. And we think, no way. Ain't no way. I mean, me? God, not at this point. There's no room. And God sends his word and says, with me, nothing. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking into our hearts and our lives. We so often try to color outside the lines, so to speak. Try to make things work in so many ways. When really, we don't even try to work with what we have. To see with the light we have to do the right thing with what we have. That's why that one song speaks of just as I am, I come. And Lord, this morning I just pray that for whoever is in this house who does not know that personal relationship, I know they know about you. That's they, they say they believe, and that's a mental assent of saying, yeah, I believe. But this is from a heart that explicitly convicts us that there's still something missing. I have joined myself to a thought. I have joined myself possibly an influence but I've never been joined with the Spirit of God maybe you're in this place this morning and for whatever if ever something's going on maybe everything's great but God's still dealing with your heart if you're in this place this morning and you're
ready to receive the greatest Christmas gift that has ever been given. To receive His love into your life, into your hearts. I'm going to ask you right now to take a bold action to do something outside of your comfort zone but to make a declaration of your heart this morning I know it's not easy I know it's, it's tough everything within us fights but there comes that moment where I have to make that choice whosoever if that's you this morning and you're in this place and you're responding in your life in your heart to him and you're saying yes yes to Jesus I'm asking you right where you're seated this morning to affirm that yes by simply just slipping up your hand saying pastor that, that's me that's me I'm saying yes to him it's my heart. It's my desire. This morning in this house, but more so in my heart, I'm asking to receive Jesus into my heart. You're going to take guts, man. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. But this is one gift you want to open. This is one moment, one time, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't say this. I don't do this, but I sense an anger in my spirit, a God anger, which says, "I'm done playing with you. I'm done messing with you. I've, I've spoken to you over and over, and you have justified it. You've moved it to the side. You've declared yourself good enough, but you know in your own heart, you're not right with me." Today's the day the games end. Today's the day where I'm saying, choice. Your choice matters. Your choice matters. Justify it all you want, but it's still a choice. I don't say that kind of stuff often. But I know God's saying something this morning. You can play the game, you can play around, you can talk to your friend, you can chat on your phone, you can do everything you want to try to ignore what God's saying to you. But let me tell you something. Life catches up. Situations compound themselves. Are you saying if I become a Christian, I won't have any problems? Didn't say that. I'm saying that if you're a Christian, you're going to come through things a whole lot different. This morning, maybe you're sitting here because of bitterness, strife. Maybe you've been focused too much on all the problems and areas of devastation and the stress, but let me tell you, he makes you more than a conqueror. He's not out to send you somewhere. He's out to save you. He wants you to know it's your choice that will send you to your destiny. And that choice begins right now. So this is my last invitation. 
If you're here this morning and your heart is ready to receive that gift, would you raise your hand as an affirmation that says, that's me. And let me tell you, when you raise that hand, it breaks down things. It breaks things apart. You're putting an action to your choice. Amen. In the name of Jesus. With heads bowed, let me ask this one statement. Come to Jesus, believer. What makes him smile at you? That is a life-changing revelation. Maybe it's time to enjoy and know that gift. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for speaking to us, calling us, reminding us. I thank you for what you have done through your son, Jesus Christ, who came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I pray that this day families, friends, bodies, mindsets, situations that surround would know your miracle would know your touch would know your love for them towards them around them and in them may there be glory to God in the highest and on their earth peace goodwill toward men. With your head still bowed, if you've raised your hand this morning, I'm asking you to pray with us at this moment. To follow in what we pray, but not just to say something, because it's so easy to do that. And to be honest with you, just repeating something doesn't save you. We just simply want to guide you from your heart that you would share with us this prayer from your heart. Would you pray it with us? Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of sin. And become my Lord and my Savior. Save me. Heal me. Renew me. Thank you for not giving up on me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. receives the Son, receives everything. Would you stand with me this morning? Right now, I'm going to be honest, I, I pity the worship team. I got so many songs going through me right now. I just want to praise Him.
Thank you. You know as well as I do how easy it is to get focused in on things. Some of the smallest things can really mess you up, correct? I mean, one problem after this, or something breaks down. How many know that appliances have their biggest breakdown season during this time? How many know that cars break down at this time? How many know you have to make trips to the vet because your animal's sick at this time? around these holders. We want to pray with you for you. Maybe you're here as a believer this morning and God's been dealing kind of, you know, your life where it's at, what's happening. And the reality is you kind of left him behind because you've been trying to do all of it over here but we need to come back with what we have. For when we have the Son, is impossible with him. To you, I would say these altars are open. We're here to pray with you. We're here to bless you. So the reality of that is we're going to sing this course. It'll be our benediction. As we sing it, we invite you to find that place of prayer. Before you go out of this place, do me a favor. Would you at least greet somebody with a smile and tell them to have an incredible Christmas. And may the joy of the Savior, the mega joy unto all men, be at the center of their family this year. Yeah.